Hey, what's up? Yo, how's everybody doing today? What's going on, Charlotte? What's up, y'all? What's up, world? Look, I'm back from a mental health vacation to the hippie capital of North Carolina, Asheville, which is always interesting. Uh, Jamal, how was your weekend? Uh, I listened to the interview on ESPN 730, man. That was that was awesome. Hey, excuse me, guys. I hold on for a second. I got a call from my agent real quick, man. Hold on for a second, man. Yeah, man. I'm doing the show right now. I can't talk to you right now. We'll discuss business later. Thank you. Yeah, man. So um really good time with Vast Tie on uh Keep Blitzing on uh Friday, man. Uh for those of you who missed it, you can check it out on Carolina Blitz. She is anywhere you can find podcasts. So check me out on Carolina Blitz. Kaiser, how was your weekend, sir? Pretty good. So far, so good. We'll see how how tonight go. I got to stay up, watch the bugs. These ten o'clock games be. I'm too old, man. I'm old. Dude, at oh, these really, look, these ten man. o'clock games hurt, bro. I'll be yeah. hurting in the morning, man. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna t- go ahead and uh, just 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 tough it out tonight, man. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, guys. So this past week we went one and two with losses to Red Hot Utah, which was expected, and they just made another three. Uh, <laughs> I lost the Golden State uh, Draymond's revenge game. Uh, I, I often wonder why he can't be that engaged all the time. I would be a, quite upset if I was a Warriors fan. It makes makes you wonder, don't it? Yeah, and then we had a big win versus Phoenix. Uh, it was a Devin Booker dirty game. Uh, we we won that one, and uh, we finished we finished the week one and two. So, guys, what were your thoughts on on this weekend? Um, and your thoughts so far on this road trip. Uh, tonight we do have the Sacramento Kings at 10 p.m. <clears throat> um, I thought we, I thought this weekend is, is decent. I think what we all want out of this road trip realistically is just to finish the road trip at 500, and we're off to a, a good start so far. It's a six-game road trip. Um, <clears throat> the Phoenix game was highly entertaining. Um, yeah. I, I, I was really proud of our guys from showing resilience once again. Um, James Borrego has, has also mentioned the same thing about how resilient this team is. You know, we're down 17. Um, it didn't look good, man, but, uh, you know, uh, um, we got a, we got a really good performance from LaMelo Ball and Malik Monk, man, and uh, <clears throat> just hung around and, and threw some really – you know, I, I, I hate bringing this up, man, but it was such a prevalent part of the game, man, but – just threw some really questionable refereeing, man, through through a lot. Uh, we we went through a lot to chip into that seven-point lead to ultimately get the win. And, and just really proud of our guys for showing our resilience, man. Kaza. Yeah, to go three and three on this trip would be massive, a massive accomplishment for this team. Um, you know, I, really, we expect the Hornets to lose the games they're supposed to lose and win the game they're supposed to. Uh, to win, and there weren't. They're looking on the schedule. There's not a lot of games in this road trip that they're supposed to win, and they've already stolen one that they probably shouldn't have won yeah. against uh, the Suns. So, so I think so far, you know, the road trip is is a success. Cody Zeller's down again, and people don't want to hear this, but the Hornets are. We are going worse. to miss him. We are yeah. already missing him. They're yes. much worse. I mean, you think it's it's a coincidence? Cody Zeller done playing. Kelly Oubre gets six dunks in the first quarter. Um, about that. About that, Kaza. I'm sorry to cut you off, bro. But I, 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 about that, man. Let me tell you something. Going into the Golden State game, you know, I, I honestly had had it pegged as a loss. I, I knew the Warriors were going to come out a little fired up. But let me say, I, I really didn't like the fact that in the first quarter in particular, that we got punked. We really got punked in the first quarter. There's no uh, dude. There's no excuse for a, a guard to get six dunks in the quarter, man. Like just none. And, and if and if if that doesn't scream a, a need for another center, I don't know what does. Jamal, I, seriously, Jamal, Jamal, hold, Jamal, hold that center thought for later. Yeah, no, nah, we'll, <laughs> I know we're gonna get to it. I know we'll get yeah, to it. Golden State has something to prove. They were mad uh, about the previous loss. They felt that was a game they should have won. The Hornets stole one. Yeah, Draymond had. Said before the game, he's gonna have the game of his life. He, he did. did. Um, Steph Curry was back, you know, and, and the Hornets ironically played better perimeter defense maybe than they've played all season. Absolutely, 
But then they couldn't stop the Warriors inside because there they, there was nobody there to stop anyone. And that's that's even Del Curry said during the podcast, and that's something the Hornets fans need to understand when it comes to to defense. You got to pick your poison. You yeah. Can't defend everything. You either going to give teams a three, or you're going to give them the inside. And I think that the coaching staff has decided we would much rather teams take the lower percentage shot. Three points, a low percentage shot. Teams, uh, the NBA average is about 36%. And I think they figure we would much rather give up, you know, the, the low percentage shot rather than get dominated on the inside like they did against Golden State. And that ended up actually being the story of the game. The Hornets hung in there because they shot the three better than Golden State. Go figure. Um, but in the, in the end, Steph Curry started doing Steph Curry stuff. And Raymond opposed his will, man. Uh, the Phoenix game was possibly the most light skinned game in the history of the NBA. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> light skinned shenanigans, Evan and LaMelo Ball. Uh, just you know, that was another one the Hornets stole. Uh, not that they should have, I felt like in the end, they did enough to win that game, but yeah. at the very, very end. Uh, LaMelo Ball made a, a rookie mistake that almost cost his game yeah. finally Chris Paul uh, when we could have just let them shoot and that would have been the end of the game. I, I But, you know, LaMelo's full of this youthful energy. Um, he just got back, played defense, and Chris Paul is a veteran's vet, and he took advantage and got the foul call. And then, you know, the Hornets got bailed out because the refs chose not to call that foul on Gordon Hayward on Devin Booker's Final shot. So, Kaz, let me ask you a question. Do you think because obviously that was an offensive foul on Devin Booker leading with his elbow? Think it was a makeup call. It, it, was, it, was, it was a, a make good. So, I think it was a makeup call. Um, although I checked the NBA last two minute report from that game, and they stated, "Get this, y'all." They stated in the report. Go look it up on NBA.com. That Gordon Hayward leaned into Devin Booker where, on that where, shot. Where? Where? I'm not blind. Where? Where did that happen? I, I had to read it again to make sure because you know they give a pretty detailed breakdown of every call and whether the refs got it right or not. And that one, they said the referees made the correct call because Gordon Hayward leaned into Devin Booker, therefore not giving him space to shoot. But we all saw Devin Booker lean into Gordon Hayward. And then elbow him in the face. And but and then on and then on top of that, you know, let, let's just let's just say, you know, that th- them not calling the foul on Gordon Hayward was a makeup call. It still doesn't make up for the fact that Terry Rozier got hit in the face in front of the referee and yeah, didn't get a call on the three pointer. It, it it still doesn't make up for the fact that Cody Zeller was was completely set when he took a charge against Devin Booker, but they yeah. somehow find a way to reverse that call. So I don't I, I'm really I, y'all, y'all know that one of my weaknesses is arguing with idiots on the internet. It, it's a weakness of mine that I have confronted, oh, and, and, and I just I, I cannot help my. I, I have not grown up past that point yet, and I'm just not here for the Phoenix Suns fans who wanted to cry about the calls they didn't get because it went both ways. It re- it it did. I, yeah. I don't I don't understand how you can watch that and not say that. No, I mean that was Phoenix's game to win. I don't want to hear yeah. any excuses from them. Uh, right. The Hornets. Came and we back. tried to give it to him. Yeah, <laughs> back against a, a better team, and um, and and won the game, which was a, a huge win they needed after getting decimated by the Jazz uh, two nights before. Um, that was just they just made another three. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Fans, you can't look at those games are outliers. Yeah. Utah is the hottest team in the league. They're the best team in the league. You cannot use a game like that to gauge the performance of the Hornets. A lot of, now we all know the Hornets three point shooting defense is somewhat of an issue, but you can't gauge that against the best three point shooting team in the league. I mean, two nights after that, Houston destroyed the LA Lakers, the the team that everyone's got picked to win another championship. Not, not Houston, I'm sorry, Utah. Okay. Utah just destroyed them. You really can't look at the Hornets game and, and then indicate, you know, ah oh man, the Hornets. Might have won that if they played better three defense. No, they wouldn't have won that. I don't think there's any way that they could have competed with the, the Jazz. And, and not only that, man. I mean, you know, we we know Utah's good. The record is what it is. But if we're just looking at basketball, 
if we're just looking at strictly basketball, man, they are so hard to guard. They are yeah. almost impossible yeah. to guard. You got Rudy Gobert, who is a big force in the middle. He may not be the most offensively polished, but you have to worry about him rolling so much to the mm-hmm. basket after he sets a pick. It's hard to guard both. It's just like pick your poison. You're either going to let Rudy Gobert get a dunk or you're going to try to prevent one of these guys from hitting threes, man. And it's so much easier said than done. I mean, we can look at it and, and, and say, man, they should have did this and they should have did that. But on the court, man, it's a different story, man. Those guys are, are they're, they're clicking. And it's, it's really going to be hard to stop them. Gotcha. Speaking of guys clicking, I'm going to transition. Speaking of guys clicking, Malik freaking Monk yeah, has man. been like a godsend right now, to, to especially to this bench. Over the past five games, he's had 25, 29, 20, Seven and twenty-three. What has gotten into Malik? Help me, help me figure this out, guys. What has gotten into him, or what has gotten out of him? He said it himself. He put in the work. Yeah. Fans don't want to believe that. Fans want to believe that uh, Malik. Oh, James Borrego just finally giving a minutes. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, Borrego told everyone Malik Monk was working his way back into the rotation and was putting in the work, and he would be back in the rotation. Now he's back in the rotation and he's contributing. It's it, it like really we shouldn't be surprised. Admittedly, I am a I am a little surprised because normally we don't see guys that young have uh, such massive drop offs mm-hmm. and then maintain and then come back and perform well. Um, we saw I know we talked about Dwayne Bacon a few weeks ago, but you know we saw what happened to him. You know he was put in his prominent role, he fell off, he couldn't maintain. End up losing that job to Devontae Graham. Uh, the Hornets, man, you know, and I, I'm just thinking watching like the Golden State game. Man, imagine if we had Monk and Graham back on, on coming off the bench. Ooh, Monk, Graham, yeah. Miles, Bridges. Man, that bench would be tough. That, that, that would be tough to defend. Kaza, it is funny you mentioned the bench because I feel like we would have lost that game by 30 if it wasn't for the bench anyway. Even though yeah. we didn't have Devontae Graham, if without Malik Monk, you know what I'm saying, uh, without Miles Bridges, uh, without the performance of the bench, I don't know where we would have been in that Warriors game, man. I mean, we I don't want to say we were lucky to lose by nine because in the second half, we did play better. We did play better perimeter defense. But without that bench in the first half, it would have really got ugly, I think, dude. And yeah, and, and, and as far as Malik Monk goes, one one interesting uh, uh, tidbit that I heard from him in the interview was he said he watched more film. He said he, he's watching more film. And like Kaza said, he's actually putting the work in. And what I'm noticing on the floor is he's be, he's he's become a little more patient. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. you know, he's he's just taking better shots. He, he's not just mm-hmm. kind of taking the first thing he sees. Um, I actually love when he takes the ball to the basket because I think he puts so much pressure on the defense when he takes the ball to the basket a little more. And I just think a, a combination of all of those things is why you're seeing such an uptick in Malik Monk's performance, man. Hopefully he can keep this up. So, I, look, you guys know I've, I have been very, very, very critical of Malik since he got here. We know. But man, <laughs> I, I, look, honestly, man, I just want to, like, congratulate this young man. I mean – to you, you like Kaiser said, you really don't see a lot of people bounce back from what he bounced back from and coming back to perform at this young of an age. Usually, yeah. they have to go away for a while overseas or something like that. But he's really bouncing back, and I'm I'm proud of him. And he it, 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 it's just so weird mm-hmm. seeing him grow up before our eyes because yeah. he he was so immature coming in, man. Yeah. Uh, he he he. And Calipari even stated he wasn't ready. Malik yeah. was already, and, and now he's ready now. And it's almost like coaching and developing. Nah, you know, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I'm not, actually, I'm not going to shut up because what, what, so, something, I'm going to repeat something I said on, on Friday on, on uh, Keep Blitzing, man. Um, I, there, I think there are some people, you know, when it, when it comes to the, the Malik Monk journey, I think there are some people who will look at, at Malik Monk's journey and say, that the Hornets coddled Malik Monk. There's some people who will say that. I would say the opposite. I would just say they actually just showed some loyalty to Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling Vastai, like, I'm one of those people who cannot stop believing in Malik Monk's talent and his ability. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that Mitch and Mike, especially Mike, 
kind of feel the same way. I just kind of feel like all like Mitch, Mike, and, and James Borrego kind of all feel like we just can't give up on this kid. And there was just a certain degree of of, of loyalty there, and I think it's paying off for him now. So let me ask you a question: Do does the franchise reward him this offseason with a new contract? Remains to be seen. Keep well, in mind, keep in mind, you you have to re-sign Devontae Graham. Um, Luckily for um, for the Hornets, Malik Monk is not an unrestricted free agent uh, this year. Uh, in fact, he's not even a restricted free agent. Uh, there's a qualifying offer, so they could, you know, they may they probably make him a qualifying offer. I think qualifying offer is a little over seven million. He makes five million now. That two million dollars is gonna, is nothing to Mitch. They'll make the Hornets are going to make him a qualifying offer and let him go in and restricted free agency, and then see what what the market is for him, which would be the smart thing for the Hornets to do. Don't Absolutely. do not extend. I don't care if Malik Monk starts averaging fifty a game. You do not <laughs> extend him until it's time to extend him. You we've seen it too many times in the NBA. You pay a guy, and then I'm not saying that would happen with Malik Monk. In fact, I think the opposite would happen. But like you said, you got to pay Devonte. You're gonna have to pay Miles at some point. Why not just wait until the market for Malik Monk opens up, which is gonna happen during his restricted free agency? And I, I fully expect at that point the Hornets to match whatever offer um, Malik Monk gets from other teams. I mean, look, man, I, I, I agree. A, a lot of teams are, are gonna have cap space, and you can match the offer. But you need to be cognizant of what the offer is and how it affects your future cap space. So Mitch has a lot of thinking and planning to do for the offseason because it's yeah. – Fortunately, he's got, he's got two more years. Uh, you know, I think the Hornets – the qualifying offer, I, I think, will be a moot point this season. Malik Monk will be a Hornet next season. Next offseason when he's a restricted free agent, I think, is going to be um, – is, is going to be interesting because we know that teams – were inter- at one point were interested in Malik Monk. His name was in every trade discussion, and I think the Hornets didn't want to didn't want to give him up. Also, that brings up the question about Monk. You know, he's going to be in control of his own future uh, after he's a restricted free agent. So, does he look at the Hornets with a sense of loyalty? Kaiser, well, my question to that is: How could he not? Yeah, I mean, they were stuck by him Hornets, through everything, man. The Hornets look, look, actually could it's have a top pod generation. Like, I don't put anything past none of these kids under twenty five. I'm sorry. I got a thing, you know. And the Hornets, according to the CBA, they could have waived Malik Malik Monk without penalty due to him failing the first part of the drug program. They chose not to. He comes back. He gets more minutes than he's ever gotten. Um, I, I just. I feel like if you're Malik Monk, that's and we we've seen players do that. We saw Steph Curry do that with mm-hmm. Golden State. Actually, he signed a low ball deal with them because they traded Monk to Ellis instead of him. Despite the fact that Curry had developed these these ankle in, injuries, um, I'm wondering if we might see the same thing with Malik Monk. If he might say, "Hey, I'm actually in a good situation here in Charlotte. Um, you know, maybe I should do what I can to stay here." I don't know. A, a lot that remains to be seen. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, Cody Zeller is out again. Uh, we're roughly the ninth, tenth seed in the East right now. We're uh, at, we're actually eight as it stands right now. Eight right now. Yeah. And so we're, we're we're on that borderline. So right now we're in the playing game. Uh, if you're Mitch Kupchak, what do you do for big man help? Because I, I look, I, if 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 I see Bismack Biombo fumble another ball under the rim again. I, I'm, I'm going to pull with little hair I have in my hair out. So hey, what is the answer at this point? For for those who are listening, this is an inside joke. We'll let you in on this a little later. But Kaza, Bismack Miyambo to me right now, 3%. Three. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all but done. I and that's, all, that's high. That's high. That's, 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 and that's generous. That's yeah. generous. I'm all but done, man. Um, I mean, look, I, also, are the kids the answer? Is it Richard's? Is it uh, Vernon Carey? Well, like, what I think he called. Up, actually, I think he called up Richards. Um, we talked about this on a previous show. 
But G League fans, don't stop doing this. G League performance is not indicative <laughs> of anything. It is. It it, it just isn't because it, the, the G League, the 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 talent gap between the G League and the NBA is massive. Okay. Right. What the G League does is it allows players to develop certain skill sets and stay sharp, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to stay sharp if you, if you come to Charlotte and you're just sitting on the bench, you're not getting you're not getting any run. It, it, it's hard to stay sharp. You go to the G League, you beat up on the people you know who are not as good, and that's what Richards is doing. He's he's beating up on those guys. So um, I think I do think at this point. You don't lose that much by bringing Nick Richardson. Uh, I think the only issue with those guys is basketball IQ. I'll say this about Zeller. Not so much Bismack, but they he's got pretty high basketball IQ. We've seen Cody Zeller make some nice passes mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, out of the screen and roll, cuts to the basket, things like that. Is Nick Richards going to be able to do those things? And those are the things that Borrego likes. Uh, so let me ask you a question. Can Nick Richards catch the ball? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> no, but I, but now to, to bring both of your points home, ma'am, is this like with Bismack Biombo, I, I mean, he's such a liability offensively. I mean, he, he I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, man. He doesn't give us anything on the offense. It's, it's always a bonus when he catches the ball. And, and dunks it like that shouldn't be a bonus. That should be like his little his little hook. You know his little his little half hook, whatever the thing is, yeah. is cool sometimes. <laughs> but we're not gonna trust him to do that consistently, man. You know, um, defensively, man, I think he kind of overachieves for his size. Like, like I, I like his shot blocking. I like his intensity on the defensive end, but it's still not. He's still not the space eater we need. I know that's yeah. going to not make sense to some people, but you, you, you guys get it. But as far as calling Nick Richards up, man, here's what, here's what I'll say to that. <clears throat> I, I know this. I know fans are going to be like, oh, God, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to trust the brass that they know what they're doing when it comes to bringing up Nick Richards and Vernon Carey. I, to Kaza's point, man, there's no way I'm ever going to get excited about somebody's G League performance. I, I'm just not. No, the, the, everybody's in the G League for a reason, man. I'm not going to get excited because Nick Richards scored 15 points in the damn G League game. I'm just – I'm not, man. So when the brass at the Hornets, when they feel like Nick Nick Richards is ready, they'll bring him up and we'll see what he has. But as far as bringing center help, I actually – today, guys – I, you know how in the Hornets group people make up these trades, these these crazy trade scenarios? I actually have a trade scenario that I wanted to bring to the table. I, I, I rarely do this because I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it today. Look at your ass side-eyed. Bismack Biombo straight up for Mo Bamba. Let me tell you why. Both parties are well, let me not say this. It looks like Mo Bamba is in a bit of a disgruntled situation with the Orlando Magic, okay? Bismack Biamba has proved to be worthless to us, at least on the offensive end. Now, Bismack Biamba, the Orlando Magic organization may say, you know what, I think we can get more out of Bismack than Charlotte did. Charlotte may look at Mo Bamba and be like, you know what, I think we can get more out of this younger talent than the Orlando Magic did. I think it works for both parties. Honestly, Look, I say go for it. I I, I say that's not going to happen because you're not attaching the first round pick to Biombo. Oh hell no, absolutely See, not. And 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 Mo Bamba's only in his third year. He's only twenty twenty one years old. I am I'm not getting rid of a guy who had lingering effects on from COVID and is just now kind of getting back for a old ass Bismack Biombo. I'm I'm just sorry, like. Isn't that kind of proving the point? Because the thing is, what are we realistically going to get for Bismack Biombo, dude? You get what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I propose that trade. It's not like we're going to get Jonas Valanciunas back for Bismack Biombo. That, that's my point. But, but, <laughs> but, like, but, but, but look, if, if, if you're going to do that trade, like you're, you might as well trade Whiteside for Biombo because Whiteside has no value. Mo Bamba has value on the market. That's the problem. I feel like that, like Mo Bamba is overvalued. That that's my point. That's just, I'm just like, uh, it, really? Because 
Mm. It, 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 I don't know, man. I, I just don't think he has the most value. But Kyle, what were you saying, man? No, I, 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 I don't. I'm not. A, I wouldn't be opposed to that trade. In fact, I think fans would be happy over that trade if it happened. And I don't think the Orlando Magic would balk at it, but they would want something More. else in addition. Right. I'm not giving them a pick for Mo Bamba. No, like some uh, Jared Cousins has attached a second round pick. Not from Obama. No, 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 no. You don't get a pick for someone who is a fringe player at best. We'll tell you what. We'll give you Riller. You want Riller? We'll give you him. I, look, I, look, man. I, I, maybe y'all might be ready to throw something at me, man. I say, I say, Bismack, Biombo, and Caleb and, and Cody Martin. It's not like we're yeah. using Cody Martin right now. Hey, so. no, hey. Uh, Steve Clifford would love one of the Martins. I, I, I bet you he would. Exactly. I bet you he would look at that and be like, I can use both of those guys. Yeah, I think that would be a, a, a good deal. If I'm the Magic, I would entertain Bismack Cody Martin. But he, I, look, 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 like I said, I, I normally hate bringing up trade scenarios, man, because, you know, I, I, I like to discuss trades that are actually being reported instead of making up stuff. But I do know this, man. Mitch has got to do something by the break, bro, dog. I, I I don't know if that I don't know if if bringing up Nick Richards solves that problem or not. But the Hornets have got to address this problem, man. It's overdue. Gotcha, gotcha. So, guys, we're we're, we're in the top three. Do you know what we're in the top three of? Uh, worst d- defensive three percent is what is it? What are we no, talking about? This is an NFL question, isn't it? <laughs> NFL question. Look, Deshaun <laughs> Watson's top three. So yeah. does that make you feel great that we might get Watson? I am fifty fifty. Um, because on one hand, you know, uh, the Texans are just kind of hell bent, at least on saying that Watson's not going anywhere. He's he's not playing for them again. He's not gonna play for him again. I I believe that. I, I believe that this thing is gonna drag out to the very end, man. On the other hand, hell yeah, I'm excited because we're in the running. You know what I mean? Like like that that that's been a change recently. We we were not in the top three, so for us to be in the running for a game changer is pretty damn exciting. Now let me say this: there was a report that came out this weekend saying that the Texans are looking for a seven for one trade. Now if it comes down to that. See you. Goodbye. Nope. Sorry. I, I'm, we're good. Let's move on. So, yeah. The, the problem is this. The Texans hold almost all the cards, at least till next season. Um, Deshaun Watson still has two years, two seasons on his contract. And, uh, you know, if next season they're not going to want him to leave as a free agent without getting something for him. But this season – you know, that's it. We've seen teams do it before. We saw the Bucks do it with Keyshawn Johnson once upon a time. We, I, I think, I think they'll do it, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think Deshaun Watson is going to end up sitting uh, a season because the Texans are, they just want too much for him, and other teams aren't going to be willing to play. Now, next season, the Texans will not have as many cards in their hand because. He'll be unrestricted. Well, there's no such thing as restricted free agency, but he'll just be a free agent and he can go anywhere at, at the end of next season. And the Texans will not want to just let him go uh, for nothing. So, I just it to me it is so strange how how, how that kind of relationship can exist between the organization and the quarterback. Because I look at it just from a, a, a very just simple standpoint, like. If he doesn't want to be there, let him go, man. I, I I get that you want a haul back from him, but if I'm the if I'm the owner for the Texans or the GM or what have you, man, if I have a player that's that disgruntled that has told me so many times I don't want to be here, I what what I do is I I gauge the market a couple of times and I basically take the best offer that I get. It's that simple, man. And I. I, t- to me, there's just no use of holding on to someone who just doesn't want to be there. I, that's just weird. I think for owners, it's the principle. Sign Watson signed a big deal. There we go. He signed a new contract. They want him to honor his contract because, to, realistically, Watson leaving puts the Texans in a really, really tough. You're back to square one. You had your franchise quarterback. Now he's gone. I mean, look. I mean, look. Look. If you if you go back and think about it. You essentially chose your, uh, I don't know, team chaplain, whatever, Easter Bay, Easter Bee, whatever, over these players. Like, you let 
Noob Hawk, uh, DeAndre Hopkins go for peanuts. Like you traded your whole draft stock for a average at best left tackle. Like they have they really invested in him in 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 in, in his well being at this point. And and, and and that's my problem, Rodney. It's just like it's almost like they're not taking any accountability for what they've done. You get what I'm saying? It's like yeah. like they deserve some culpability in this saga as well. It's not like Deshaun Watson just woke up one day randomly and said, "You know, I just don't want to play for these guys." No, this has been building up until until this point. So they've got to take some accountability for all this too, man. Got you, got you. So, guys, I'm going to paint a picture for you guys. Imagine you're at somebody's camp, and you see them. And you look, look, you're a kid at their camp. You call them ass, and that he's going to be poor soon. <laughs> How would you react? Cam handled it better than I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. First of all, if, if if I'm six six and two hundred fifty pounds, and you gonna come talk to me like that, bruh, it, bruh, you, that, you know what I'm saying? You gonna you gonna catch hands? Cam handled handled it way better than I would have. Asking the kid where his father was. Let me speak to your dad. You know that's that was really the the, the best way Cam Newton could have handled it without completely uh, backing down. Um, I, you know, the kid, he, he issued an apology afterwards because I think he realized that, like, going to an NFL player's seven-on-seven camp, that's a privilege. Yeah. It's a huge privilege. Like, you know how many kids would love to go hang out with Cam Newton, to play football with Cam Newton? And here you are acting, just acting an ass in front of a camera. You know, hey, you do it for the gram, right? Well, you know, if also if I'm Cam, I, I would have <laughs> kid out the camp. I mean, that kid's lucky Cam didn't do that. Cam could have been like, no, why don't you pack your bags and leave? He didn't do that. Uh, so that luck, that kid is lucky. And it's another um, instance of where, you know, Cam Newton doesn't get enough credit for being a good dude. <laughs> he, he just, yeah. We'll talk about this in a little bit, you know, with the interview. But he just doesn't get enough credit for being a good dude. Me, I, um, I'm a good dude. Punching a kid in the face. Um, the the late great Bernie Mac, you know, God rest his soul. He said he always believed in throat chops, and this would have applied to that kid. I, I don't know how I would have resisted chopping this little kid in the throat, man. Like the 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 gall, the nerve of this little boy to come to a camp that you were invited to 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 learn from one of the best at one point. Anyway, I it, it's when I look at stuff like that, it makes me feel better about being a grumpy old man I am because I look at I look at kids like that and it's just like see that that's why I don't like anybody under 25 for that reason <laughs> right there because that boy would have got chopped in the throat and kicked out and I would have talked to his daddy too but in all seriousness man I, it, it just goes back uh, it, it, it brings me back to a point where I just say to myself why do so many people have such vitriol against Cam Newton especially when he was here like, is this another layer to this guy of showing you that, no, man, this is a really good, sensible guy. He handled it perfectly. He handled it a lot better than I would have, man. I don't know if I could have controlled my outrage against this kid the way Cam Newton controlled, <laughs> controlled his emotions. I think uh, people also, I, I, Cam seems very accessible. And I think yeah. that at these events, someone said in the comments, it's not the first time Cam has been heckled at one of his own events. But I, I think, you know, Cam Newton is down there with the kids. He's not like sitting in a skybox. Or, so I mean, so kind of, it kind of feels like these kids have a right to, to talk right. trash yeah, to him. They feel right. like right. I can just talk shit to Cam Newton. You know what I'm saying? He's down here with us. And I, I'm sure there is some modicum of that. You know, they, they might but, roast Cam a little. He roasts him back. But because, because you, you and I both know there's a fine line between innocent little trash talk and disrespect. Yeah. You call that man ass at his camp, like that's crossing the line. You get what I'm saying? And, 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 and to be honest with you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, look, you can say whatever you want to say about me. They would never say that about a white former MVP in the NFL. No. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I didn't want to right. say it, but and, you're right. I couldn't and, imagine them. 
Give saying that to Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 a culture of disrespect toward the black quarterback, and it's 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 kind of like at the end of the day, we want respect for the black quarterback, but we don't respect the other black quarterbacks around. Like we 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 still have the standard bearer of the white quarterback in our head. Like this is the guy; he's untouchable. This and this. Oh, Cam is just one of us, man. F that dude. Da, 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 da. Look, right, right. Look. Cam won a national championship, has been the MVP, offensive rookie of the year, has almost 300 total touchdowns in the NFL. It's, uh, look, you might not like the style that he plays with. That's not ass. The, the, right. The, 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 bottom, the bottom line is there's a short list of people who've accomplished close to the, to the same things, man. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, yeah, that kid, you know, he's immortalized now. You know, uh, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> 20, 20 years from now, when, when he's starting his uh, when he's starting his shift at Family Dollar, um, <laughs> sitting in the car, wondering where he went wrong, he's gonna look at that video. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. Family Dollar is a great. <laughs> so, man, look, look, man, uh, look. Cam was Cam is, uh, was was on I Am Athlete this week with uh, Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and uh, my man Ultra Cinco, and man. Look, man, I, I, I was talking to Vashti yesterday, man, and I was just saying that you've never seen Cam more open with any other form of interview in Charlotte than I than I seen him open this week. Like he ingratiated himself to more people with this interview, just just truly being himself. And I feel as though the Charlotte com- the, the Charlotte media community robbed us of a chance to get the true to get to know the true authentic Cam. So what did you guys think about that interview? Like I texted y'all uh, while I was watching it. This is that was one of the best things I have watched sports Absolutely. related in a long, long time. Absolutely. I'll never understand how Cam Newton has haters. I I would it I will it, never it, it, it boggles it boggles my mind, man. Yeah, I get it. He's a young, brash black quarterback, but that and that's really the only thing you could really hold against. Cam Newton as a, as a person. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about the way he dresses, that's stupid. I don't even entertain those conversations. Really? Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, if you bring that up, you're a moron. Uh, but to listen to Cam talk during that interview and to say the things that that he said, he's Cam Newton spoke truths as a rookie that we didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. He essentially, in a nice way, called the Carolina Panthers losers and <laughs> – <laughs> he was right. We had a losing culture, losing mentality that he needed to change because Cam Newton was a winner, and he did that. So now, you know, when he talks about – it's funny. He didn't me- he didn't mention the Panthers by name, of course, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, he spoke some truths about, about the way he was treated mm-hmm. uh, when he was here. Um, super candid interview. Those in the comments that have not watched it, I highly recommend you go watch. Yeah, I watched yeah, gotta, it. Gotta, gotta watch it, man. It's like an hour and 45 minutes, and I watched um, the, the whole thing. Him talking about um, being a patriot, you know, the, the patriot way, Belichick system um, was also super, super uh, enlightening. Yeah. You know, because really, very rarely do people talk that candidly about being a New England patriot. Most time it's like some secret shit people talk about. Cam was very open about uh, being a patriot and what it meant. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. <laughs> Mar, did you see it too? Yeah, I, I saw it, man. I'm laughing at Kaz's last comment, man, because I, I feel like whenever former players talking about uh, playing for the Patriots, it's like some Illuminati yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> like, like nobody ever opens, like nobody yeah. ever opens up about what goes on behind closed doors in New England. <laughs> they, got, they, got, they got the checkerboard going on in the back. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but but it it was but it was just so refreshing to see Cam open up the way he did in that interview, man. I, a couple of uh, uh, points that that were highlighted for me. Um, number one, saying that he intimidated his former franchise. Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, um, that was pretty easy to see. You know what I mean? And and it, it was also it was also a, a, a kind of heartbreaking and disappointing to hear him say that because I've heard people in the past talk about the Panthers as an organization, especially when Jerry Richardson was here. You know about. You guys remember when Jerry Richardson basically told Cam Newton, watch your haircut, 
no be clean cut, no tattoos, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like we heard that stuff, but we really didn't want to hear it because it's like, come on, man. Like, can we not be this type of franchise? And looking back at it now, look how handcuffed Cam Newton must have felt. When I say handcuffed, I mean in a way where he couldn't express himself the way he ultimately wanted to express himself. He couldn't fully be the Cam Newton that he really wanted to be. He always had to be careful about how he answered certain questions, always had to be uh, 100% careful how he presented himself to the Charlotte media, you know what I mean? And to, to hear him be so open in that setting, it was refreshing and disappointing at the same time. It's just like, I wish we would have got this Cam Newton in Charlotte, but ultimately I, I, I understand. I understand why he couldn't ultimately be himself when he was here. I, 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 I and that's something that. I've been saying for a while, actually. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. And then also I think that he's grown up too. I mean that too. Once you have four kids, uh mm-hmm. you 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 deal with moving around the contracts and stuff like that in just general life. I think he has more time to reflect, especially after that. That basically that that full season he missed in 2019. I mean, he's like hearing him talk about the cigar bar, the hat shop, and other stuff. It's it seems like he's kind of setting himself up for life after football. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I do think uh, it's ironic that Bill Belichick, of all people, is allowing him to be himself. Right. Whereas... Hey, Kaz, real quick, real quick, man, real quick. That's a great point because not only, you know, does this kind of set the record straight on the type of person Cam Newton is, I also kind of felt like it kind of set the record on who um, Bill Belichick is. I, I I think a lot of people have this image of Bill Belichick just being this stoic guy who doesn't give a shit about your feelings or anything else besides winning football games. And Cam Newton himself said Bill Belichick is a highly misunderstood guy. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do think it's telling that he didn't mention Ron Rivera once in almost two hours, but he spoke about Bill Belichick multiple times uh, during that interview. Yeah, and had nothing but great things to say about right. uh, Bill Belichick in the Patriot way. Very, very telling. And, and, and another interesting story, man, um, with that, man, when they talked about Aaron Hernandez, man, that that was, <laughs> that was, that, that was just like, whoa, with Chico, Chico, Chico. Yeah, they Chico, really yeah. like called him by his nickname as soon as they mentioned him. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a good story. <laughs> kind of felt like they didn't want to say his real name. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah that guy. You remember that, that guy? guy? Yeah. But uh, Jamal, man, I'm, I'm gonna let you take a hold of this story, man. It's, it's near and dear to your heart. It, it, it deals with uh, the the changing surroundings. Go ahead, Jamal. For I, I look, I'm speaking to people who have lived in Charlotte. Let's say for over ten years, and let's say, and and this is probably more so for the age group of maybe 35 and up. There is a place that is near and dear to Charlotteans' heart that was demolished this weekend. It is Crystal's nightclub on the corner of the Plaza and Matheson Avenue. Now, for those of you watching, for those of you listening, maybe you've never heard of Crystal's. Maybe you've never been there. So if you haven't, let me describe what you missed throughout the last 20 years in Charlotte. This was a place where <laughs> it wasn't the it wasn't the most glamorous place in the world. They had the <laughs> it was very dark. Um, um, at times it probably could be a little dangerous, but with all that being said, it was always a good time. Never, ever, ever once did I not have a good time when I went there. This was the this was the after party place. This was like, hey, we went out, we stayed out till two thirty. Oh, there's a place that's open till four o'clock. Let's go there, and that was Crystal's. Crystal's had the best, and I do mean the best Caribbean food in the city that you could go eat at three o'clock in the morning when you're drunk. Um, they had the best uh, 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 reggae DJs there, man. It's just I, I I speak glowingly of this place because it's such a Charlotte staple in the black community, man. And but more importantly, and in in, in in a lot more seriousness. It kind of just, it's a microcosm to what's happening to Charlotte. And what I'm getting at 
is with all the gentrification and all the change that's going on in Charlotte, man, what ha- we all know what happens with gentrification is like it's it's sucking the soul out of the city. Charlotte already struggles when it comes to forming an identity. Charlotte struggles when it comes to cultural things. Um, and it's just another step in making Charlotte more vanilla, more plain, taking soul out, taking the culture out. We all know there's probably going to be some damn uh, brewery, a dog park, or something that's not going to be uh, something that's not going to speak to the culture of Charlotte. And, that, and that's kind of the most disappointing part about the demolishment of Christmas nightclub, man. So, guys, so I want to take a moment to reminisce. So, like, what are some of the things that you miss about, like, the old Charlotte? I, I, I'm going to start out, man. I, you had crystals, but I used to go to Kilimanjaro sometimes, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. And yes, sir. It was a good time. That's all I got to say. It was a good time. Sunday and, nights, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, like, I miss, like, Eastland Mall, man, like, going to the mall and the arcade, skating, uh Walking through the mall, think you might get shot. I mean, it was it was fun, man. It was the, the little two levels and the little ring at the bottom. I, I missed that. Uh, I missed when USC Charlotte USCC was good in basketball, and it was like me, a- Rodney. Let me interrupt you real quick. There were fewer things fun in Charlotte than going to a UNCC Cincinnati game in the early two thousands, dude. This is back when this is back when Cincinnati had Kenyon Martin and Kenny yep. Satterfield. Man, it was it was a good Mark time. Mark Johnson and everything. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Yep. Like I, I like I, I like people don't realize like back in the day, a UNCC a UNCC ticket was like the thing to get back in the absolutely. day. Absolutely. It it, it it was kind of rivaling on Hornets games a little bit. And speaking of that, man, the hive, man, on 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 Tavola, man, just it it, it it was just special, man. Like, like before Shin messed it up, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, South End at night. I miss avoiding South End at night because it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's one of the good things about gentrification we never talk about. <laughs> Sometimes it can improve some right, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't trying to go to Remount Road. Uh, no, not at all. To get some ramen at 2 in the morning. That just didn't exist back then. If you was going to Remount Road at 2 in the morning, you get some it- yeah, you get good. <laughs> and then, like, I, 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 uh, I remember Club Ice, man. This is gonna Club Ice down <laughs> there, man. Park up right. there on the Club Ice. Rodney, believe it or not, I've been there a few times, but I know that's hard what? to believe. Yeah, I, yeah, I used to go there, man. But you, well, but, guys, man. but you know what, man, Kaza, I, I know you'll feel me on this, man. And I, I'm just saying you, Kaza, because you know you've been here as long as I have. That's the only reason I'm saying this. But how many years? <laughs> We we've been here for damn near thirty, but <laughs> but the thing, but but what we're all getting at here, I just feel like Charlotte was a was was really fun before it became what I call fake sophisticated. <laughs> like Charlotte was not a very sophisticated city. Let's say in the early two thousands, late nineties. No. You know what I mean? I, I feel like that. everyone used to party together. Everyone kind of used to dwell together. There were no subcultures in Charlotte. It's not like, hey, man, I'm going to this spot for this. I'm going to this spot for that. No, we all partied together. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's kind of a, a yin and a yang. You know what I mean? It's like Charlotte has a little more something for everybody if you like different things, which is cool. But back in the day, it, it felt more inclusive back in the day. I'll say that much. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I grew, grew up here in Charlotte. My entire life, except for you know my stint in in the military, I've gone for about six years, and I came back. Charlotte was a completely different city uh, than than when I remembered it. Uh, most of my fondest memories of Charlotte are from my teenage years. East Charlotte, I mean East Charlotte. It's funny you go down East Charlotte now, and it's just a shell of what it used to be. Because uh, I tell people all the time, the East Side of Charlotte used to be the nice side of town. Yes, I mean East Charlotte. I, the, it's like all the older people kind of died off. Yeah, it's yeah. just the commerce over there. You could I used to I used to work at the Chuck E. Cheese's on Almar Road, which now I would not recommend taking your children there. But back then it was nice. And I used to my mom used to live uh, at the time at these apartments on the corner of Harris and Almar Road. And I used to walk from work at night. I used to get off of Chuck E. Cheese at like 
11 o'clock at night and walk all the way down Almar Road to Harris because back then, I mean, it was like nothing was going to happen. I was just walking yeah. down the street. Now, now? walk down Harris Boulevard, Almar yeah, Road at 11 o'clock at night. It's just weird to see the city go through uh, those kind of changes as the demographics shift. Um, yeah. What ends up happening is, and this happens to every city, as the unsavory elements that are closest to the inner city got pushed out by gentrification, they've got nowhere else to go except for places like the east side, uh, you know, deeper into West Charlotte. And unfortunately, the property values just start to decrease and developers don't want to put commerce over there anymore. And that's that's essentially what happened to East Mall. Cats started shooting in the food court. Why would you put a store in East Mall? If you think there's the risk of death uh, for your people, uh, for for your your patrons and customers, um, but let, let me let me push back just a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna push back just a bit, cause on that point, <clears throat> and I and trust me, I don't necessarily think you're wrong for what you're saying. But I've been to other cities before, and I've seen commerce in the hood, so to speak. If you go to Philadelphia, there are there's still some cool stuff. In some hoods, there's sports. Com- listen, listen. Philadelphia sports complex, the Sixers, the Eagles, uh, the Flyers, all these pe- all those teams play in one complex. It is blocks from the hood. So the point I'm trying to make is sometimes perfect example Eastland Mall site. I, you know, y'all know I was on the train for putting the MLS site. You know, or, around the Eastland Mall area. Because I, I, I thoroughly believe sometimes you can take a chance and improve some of those circumstances around certain neighborhoods if you decide to put commerce in those same neighborhoods. You know what I mean? And I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Charlotte is ever going to, if Charlotte develops. Yeah, no, yeah, no I, I agree with that point. Um, I, I was very disappointed when, you know, I heard the news that they weren't going to put uh, any of the, the Charlotte Football Club facilities on the old Eastern Mall site. And we've seen the, almost two decades now them wanting the city, somebody wanted to do something with the Eastland Mall site. You know, movie studios were interested, but the fact is where it is, is a problem. And we talked about this before on the show. The people that are making these decisions are not from Charlotte. Are not from here, right. They're right. not. They, they go, they look at the demographics, they look at the crime statistics. They might drive down Central Avenue and say, you know what? This is right. not where we want to build our Charlotte Football Club headquarters. And they go back to David Tepper, who is not from the city. What's he supposed? I mean, he, how's he supposed to know? Um, it's 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 unfortunate though because uh, you know there are a lot of things I miss about the, the old Charlotte. Um, Fat City know, being one of them, I'm sure that's on your list. Oh, what's that? I say I'm sure Fat City is one of those. Oh yeah, places Fat on City, your list. the room, the spot, the graduate, all the old hip hop spots. Uh, that was a golden era for at least for the hip hop scene in Charlotte. And there hasn't been anything like that since uh, a little bit with crown station for, for a while there, but I don't know if we'll ever go back um, to how it was in, in that regard, as far as music in Charlotte. Yeah. Y'all remember uh, the comedy zone was on independence. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, listen. Laser quest. Laser quest right next door. Yep. But, hey, but what was the what was the pool hall club beside Laser Quest? Help, help me out, y'all. Oh, champs, no, no, no. champs. It was champs. It was champs. champs. Yes. Listen, listen. No, 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 there, no. there was a historical thing that happened at Champs a few years ago. <laughs> Not yeah. a few years ago, but a long time ago. William Floyd and Anthony Mason got in a famous fight at Champs <laughs> uh, uh, one, one Saturday a long time ago. Ask any Charlotte OG who was there that night, man. It, it's like. Just in the man, in the yeah. Charlotte history. Yeah, books. these young cats they don't remember Independence Boulevard was like this. Was, was, was like like eight mile stretch. Uh, remember the the scoreboard? Did you ever go to the scoreboard? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. sir. It, it was a restaurant that was made to look like the scoreboard, the Hornet scoreboard. <laughs> uh, you know, down there, all the way down by Windsor Square, like you're going into Matthews o- on the corner of Sardis. Yeah, yes, yeah, so there used to just be like this string of clubs and spots and bars and businesses um and it's not that anymore you go down independence and it's, it's just it's, it look like like i i don't like we we all live in the west side now so i really don't go to the east side like that anymore 
Because there's no then, reason to. There's no reason <laughs> yeah. to at all. But it's just like I went down Independence. I'm like, they did all that widening crap, and then like all the businesses are gone. It's just like, well, Whoa. you know, the city made a major mistake decades ago when they decided to convert Independence Boulevard into Highway 74. Um, if you guys remember, if anybody remembers, you used to be able to cross, you could cross Independence. You could cross Independence. Yeah, I remember walking from, uh, there used to be a record store on Independence. I don't remember what it's what it's called, but it had like a like a 50s motif, neon lights and everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids that I went to, a lot of us that went to Garanger used to hang out there and buy CDs. I used to walk across the street from there, across to Infinity's Inn, right across the street in that, that shopping, shopping center. center. Yep. No longer there. And the city decided, well, in order to alleviate traffic issues, we're going to make this Highway 74. We're going to expand it. We're going to put a bunch of land. And that killed Independence Boulevard because now there was no way by car to get, get to businesses unless you went all the way. To, no, no one wanted to do all, all the way that. around and up right. and over. And yeah, no one wanted to do yeah. all that. And now they're trying to rectify those mistakes. And, and I don't think they can. It's too late. Yeah, it, the Independence Boulevard is sad, man. Just, you know, just yeah. like y'all was saying, man, just that five, six mile stretch where it was just. It, you know, you could. It was clubs you can go to, and bars, and Infinity's Inn, and record stores, and just anything you wanted to do. And all of it, it just looks so desolate over there now. Fun, yeah. fun, fun fact: there was a Holiday Inn that used to be on on Independence Boulevard. Vivica Fox used to used to uh, consistently throw parties at this little Holiday Inn on Independence Boulevard. It used to be the it used to be like the thing to go to, and it whenever she was in town to throw her parties there. I just miss those days, man. So yeah, Independence Arena, man. Remember, I, Independence I mean, Arena, yeah. Cricket Arena, Cricket Arena. <laughs> what is it? Is it both still Bojangles now? Bojangles. It's now. Bojangles now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, so man, look, look, man. That 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 was cool, man. Let's 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 do shout outs, man. Shout out to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Ball skit in which they it's funny yeah. because. When he made the joke about Gastonia, nobody in the audience laughed because most of the audience on Saturday Night Live are either New Yorkers or tourists, so they didn't really get it. But everyone from this area, I know, laughed out loud <laughs> when he said that Charlotte was the gateway to Gastonia. Um, just, yeah, just re- really funny skit. Um, I always like the Keenan Thompson's LeVar Ball impression as well. So shout out to them for giving. Charlotte, a little bit of. Hey man, I I got one I got one problem with that skit. Just one. What's when he problem? made the joke about the Mecklenburg County Pig Fair, like nah, dude, we ain't no damn small country <laughs> town be holding fairs. Like nah, man, you ain't gonna pay. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> not 2020, Charlotte. No, I, I listen. Because it, it, it's not the first time that you know, like some national show tried to make Charlotte look like we were some backwoods country town, man. So that part I didn't like. My favorite joke of his when he said when he said that Charlotte was the regional banking center of the world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, look, he said, bring both Carolinas together and make it with a super, super Carolina. Yeah. Super Carolina. Super Carolina. But shout out to Vashti for letting me on. Uh, keep blitzing again. I uh, had a good time, man. Really good interview. Really good conversation, man. Uh, as, you, man. Eh, not really, man. I'm going to be a co-host one day. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that out loud. Uh Shout out, as always, everyone in the chat room, man, supporting us, man. Remember, y'all are our marketing team. Please like, share, subscribe, man. Um, that's it, man. I don't, I don't have any, surprisingly, I don't have any shout ats this week. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jamal, might not care, but, but Kaiser might know. Uh, former No Limit artist Mac. He uh, got out of jail after 20 years in prison. Uh, like everybody says that he was wrongly convicted. Uh, he got out of jail after 20 years. Uh, again, shout out to Vashti, man. She is, like, dope. Uh, she was on our show yesterday, uh, my other podcast, with my wife, Cohort, 1986. And she dropped some gems. Go ahead and check that out. Kaiser, you need to plug this this, this quietude on here, please. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I have a true horror podcast called Disquietude. Uh, we're back. We took a short hiatus because coronavirus is a bitch. 
Um, but, uh, man, listen. Yeah, <laughs> we, but we delve into some uh, interesting, dark topics on that podcast, and uh, we've got a pretty good following. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the major podcast networks. If you just go to Spotify and search Disquietude, you'll see us there. So. Hey, man, Kaza, you know I say this 100% affectionately, but to anybody who follows the squad to the Kaza, man, Kaza's a nerd. And I say that affectionately. I love, I love the guy to death, man. So if you, if you have, <laughs> so, so, so if you want to, if you want to channel your nerdy side, please check out this squad too, man. I, it is, it's, it's great content, man. Absolutely. So. And it, look, man, I just want to give a shout out to the Carolinas, man. Like just the whole North and South Carolina is so fucking dope. Like you got like, it, it's, it's like, you got Asheville right here. You got Charleston four hours away from Asheville. Asheville is a really dope city, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's I okay. like it. It's okay for what you go for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that's a better way to put it. And then, like, you got like a Raleigh and, and a Charlotte and a Greenville, and it's it's look, it's all fucking dope, man. Just shout out to the Carolinas as a whole, man. Uh, anything else before we head out? Uh, I got one more thing before we head out, man. There is. There is a show that comes on a uh, spectrum called In Focus. Um, today, it highlighted uh, North Carolina hip hop. Um, it will re-air at 8.30 p.m. tonight if, for anyone who wants to check it out, man. But it was highlighting everyone from Petey Pablo to J. Cole to Little Brother to Rhapsody. Um, again, just spotlighting uh, North Carolina hip hop, man. It was a really good watch. So check that out if you can at 8.30 p.m. tonight. Gotcha. Well, guys, look, man. Thank everybody in the crowd for watching. Um, thank everybody to the like, share, subscribe. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful week, man. Peace and blessings. We're out. Next week, fellas. Peace out. Peace out.